We're on. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, Welcome everybody morning. to <laughs> episode, I've called this episode zero. Last week was episode minus one. This one's episode zero because I feel that as soon as we call it episode one, we've kind of got to be official and make things work. And so this one's still episode zero of the Behind the Geeks show where I'm joined by the legendary Scott Riley, Richard Tubb and Pete Matheson. And we are talking all things MSP, all the things that, that all of us have been in the MSP space for many years. We've all broken probably everything there is to break in the MSP space. We've all had a heck of a, a an awesome time. We've all had a heck of a bad time as we've gone through our journey. And we all love talking about it, sharing our journey with others, sharing our journey with you, the viewers or watchers or listeners of this, and hopefully with the idea of helping you have, your, have an easier journey on your end by learning all of the the, the lessons that we might have learned and the mistakes that we might have made along the way. And so welcome, guys. Thank you for jumping on. Richard is um is looks like he's got his very impressed face on at the moment because he's had some technical dramas with a I brand new PC. so nervously. So any uh, loyal watchers who were watching last week, we had episode minus one. Just to sort of, uh, you know, iron out all the bugs and everything. And uh, my PC was looking a little bit long in the tooth and froze a couple of times. So I've done what any good geek does. I went and bought a new PC. It's sitting here. It doesn't like Restream, and it's crashed out three times already. <laughs> so fingers crossed how long I'm on this session. We will Ladies and, and gentlemen, this is the... We are, we are uh, looking at four people here who run high, or have run highly successful MSP and IT support companies. We are the epitome of technical support around the world. None of us know how to use it. And so I think I have got some dire hopes for, for our clients out there from the, the problems that we tend to have with technology out there. But hopefully everybody knows that you're not alone. We all have technology dramas. Um, they happen bloody everywhere. We all succumb to them. I've had a couple today. Uh, like I have a couple every day. Richard's got a couple here. So if he freezes in one of his things like that last <laughs> week, then um, make sure he takes screenshots and post them on on Twitter or something and tag him in on it. Um, I got a few good ones from last week around. But anyway, Richard, did you want to run through and host the news or did you want me to host the news on, on this particular one? And yeah, I'll tell you what, you host the news this week, Nigel, because just in case I freeze or drop out anything. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, let me let me have a look. We're, the format that we're going to use this week, we're going to reduce the number of news items, but we're going to make them relevant to the MSP space and just talk a little bit about how they might relate to MSPs. And then we're going to deep dive into a topic of the week. And this topic is our first kind of episode zero. Uh, we decided to go deep straight away into the topic of mental health and the challenges around mental health in our space. And and I know that, that most, I think all of us four on this call have all had our challenges around mental health and running an MSP and all the craziness that goes along with it. And so we're going to deep dive into some of our challenges, our stories, our highs, our lows, our tactics and strategies for getting through them. And uh, hopefully there's going to be some insights and wisdom shared that might help some other some others of you out there that may be traveling similar journeys to what we went through out there. Because as you'll hear me say often, the MSP uh, industry is an amazing industry to be in. It's awesome and it's fun and it's exciting playing with all the latest technology and tools and helping people. But holy heck, it can also be an extremely challenging industry to be in at the same time. And it can can really take its toll on all this this grey matter that's in between our ears. And it's important to to keep an eye on it because it's it's not hard to tumble down the the rabbit hole of of bad thoughts and a bad mental health picture in there. And so so we're going to deep dive into that a little bit. But to kick off with a little bit of news in the MSP space. We've got one here from Pete, found that article this week where he's found that Microsoft, our big partner, which every MSP loves working with, 
is now set up a new service on their platform to host malware, by the sounds <laughs> of it. But uh, they're now figured out that there's probably more money to be made in malware than there is in Office 365, and they've decided to open a new uh, thing. But what have you, and I'm kidding on that front, but they did get found with some <laughs> malware hosting out there. And so what did you I see on that? It's genuinely quite interesting because obviously we're all using 365, and that's pretty much what we resell as, as an MSP. I'll, I'll try and bring the, um, I'll find the button, the article up. And um, it was hosted on the, uh, the the register, but it, it's probably quite a bad bit of marketing, technically speaking, because basically what they're saying is there's this uh, kind of security firm that's done an analysis, and they've defined that Microsoft itself are very, very poor at responding to takedown requests for malware. So they supposedly take an average of 29 days, 22 hours, <laughs> and 44 minutes to remove Thanks. malware, which isn't great. But then equally speaking, if you were to look at Google on that list, the next slot up, they take 14 days. So half the amount of time, which is, I guess, half as, you know, twice as good, but still 14 days. It's still a very, very long time to remove any malware. Uh, but it, it just seemed very, very interesting um, reading the article because I think specifically they were saying uh, they built, Microsoft built a process that identified malware to then notify, sorry, I should probably take myself, take the screen off. Yeah. Um, That's right. They built a process that identified malware on Google system or, or, or identify the malware so they can notify Google to get Google to take it down quicker. But they couldn't implement that same process within their own system, within 365. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit silly, really. Left but, hand um, and right hand. No idea what the yeah. other one's doing. <laughs> Very much so. And I know we've all seen, you know, we all see the links come through and, oh, this, there's this file hosted on your OneDrive and click on the link and it will do all this, that. And some files are actually hosted on OneDrive, which are dodgy, but most of the time it is malicious, fake websites being, you know, designed to look the same, but fishy details. So um, I, just, I just found it quite interesting um, that it, it takes, you know, Microsoft a month to remove malware from their system. So it just probably goes to show that you should have even more protection in place to make sure you're picking up on the desktop side of things and on the email side of things as things are coming through. Um, and, and yeah, you're not safe on Google, I guess is the ultimate answer there. As well. it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just as bad on Google's system. And that just highlights the importance of the, the biggest thing of all is educating your clients around this stuff, is letting them know these things. And little fodder like this, all of these little news articles that have all these little interesting tidbits are amazing things to just send those snippets across to your clients and let them know what that means to them. And to let them know that, hey, like Microsoft, the one of the most amazing companies in the world in terms of rolling software and everything out and having cybersecurity budgets in the tens of billions probably, or in the at least in the billions, uh, still takes forever to get this stuff done. So you still need to make sure that things are multi-layered and that that humans are educated on how to deal with this stuff because it's just it's not possible to rely on any one company to look after it for you and expect it to be done in a timely manner out there. Uh, I remember on yeah. the flips. Oh, sorry, Richard, you go. Yeah, I was going to say just last week, Nigel, I was having a conversation with an MSP and uh, they were pushing back against the idea that you should have multiple layers of security for things. So they were saying Microsoft is good enough. You know, Microsoft does this and does that and does the other. And I was like, yeah, sort of. Uh, but we were talking no, about no, no, like, no, no, you know, no. <laughs> filtering and, you know, uh, uh, browser plugins and all these different things and that. And I'm actually think I say it is an opportunity for MSPs. You know, it's an opportunity to lower your cost of support, increase your revenue. But Scott, I mean, I'm intrigued for your opinion on this because you are one of Microsoft's top favorite partners in the uk mr microsoft <laughs> what do you think about this well you're absolutely wrong richard tub that's that's what's wrong here <laughs> no. it's not the first time i've heard that today <laughs> it's nine o'clock um no do you know what look 
I, I totally agree. I think a couple of things just to put in perspective here. Nigel, you're right. They spend about, uh, it's literally a billion dollars a year in the R&D around cybersecurity and threat analytics. Jeez. Now, I, I think it, it is hard work if you've, if you've set these things up properly. It's hard work to actually get malware into 365 because as to Richard's point, you should have a defense in depth approach. Now, I'm actually quite comfortable and I, I, I recommend quite frequently to be quite comfortable in the Microsoft 365 stack but it is a stack, right? So it's desktop antivirus, it's anti-malware and anti-phishing protection in your emails, and then it's you know other things on top of that. But it's that that stack and setting it up properly. Like when I would say to uh, other MSPs, there's like 90 security controls within inside Microsoft 365. They're not all turned on by default. It's it's our job as MSPs to go ahead and and set that up in the best practice way, so that we do have these layers of security to keep people protected. I think people. You'd have to go out of your way to get malware into OneDrive, but that's what these guys do, right? They set up trial accounts to get the malware in there, and then they've got a free place to share it. From an MSP perspective, definitely. We need we need proper antivirus. We need proper anti-malware protection, proper phishing protection, and we need backup. Let's not forget the backup, guys, because <laughs> stuff does go wrong, and you've got to get it back afterwards. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, as you know, Richard. M365 as a bundle has got a great amount of those layers in if you turn them on. So that's the bit I would say. Yep. Agreed. We're talking about Microsoft. The other news article we've got here is, and we we probably should get Microsoft as a sponsor one of these days by the sounds of it, but the other one here is a new Microsoft team. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when they sponsor us, we won't talk about that. We'll only talk about the good stuff. Microsoft is a sponsor. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Microsoft have not closed this feed, Dan. Bear in mind what you Exactly. Now, there's a, a news article in here about a new Microsoft Teams feature, and uh, the, it's from Pete, but maybe Scott, you might, it's mentioned here that you might have some thoughts on it as well, um, if you know what the feature is. So I'm probably throwing you under the bus here on this one, but <laughs> who wants to go? Pete, do you want, do you want to share and I'll, uh, I'll chip in? Yeah, crack on. Yeah. That, uh, sorry to drop you in there. So I just found a very interesting, oh, no. interesting article and thought that you might know about it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So like the whole big focus with Teams uh, from the outset really has been also about enabling frontline workers. So for people who don't understand the terminology, you know, frontline workers is if I think about, you know, the guys who maintain the railway infrastructure. And so you have the actual engineers, you know, doing their shifts on the tracks. They're not the kind of information workers who sit at a PC all day. So the most powerful device they have is usually like a mobile or a tablet with them. And so the whole idea about teams that they've been focusing on from the beginning is how do we get everything simplified so that they have easy access to like to their shifts, to their calendars, to important updates, bearing in mind they're not sat at a laptop all day. How do we get the information they need? And, you know, can we use that extensibility in teams to bring in apps and other APIs to get everything connected together and really just give those frontline workers the information they need so they can get on with their day? That's the whole idea. Now, Anyone who's watching this who's deployed Teams at any scale knows that it can be painful to just do the same rinse and repeat of setting up new users, making sure they're in the right teams, inviting them to the right areas. So what we've got here is a lot of automation that's coming around now in actually getting things set up and saying, hey, here's kind of a default user profile. Here's a membership of, of the various teams that we want you to be a part of. And it's actually just making the rollout process really slick because when it comes to frontline workers, you know, they can be like 10,000 of those in an organization and ah, just the heavy lifting of doing that one at a time is just a nightmare. Now, 
There are some third-party tools that have been tackling this themselves, but actually Microsoft are now saying, hey, you know, here are some tools that we're bringing to the party, which I think, I think is really good. It's really interesting. There is another feature that's gone live in Teams this week, or it's gone general availability. We might have all seen it when you're in Teams meetings, uh, that they now have transcription happening in the meeting. So as you're talking, you can turn on transcription and closed captions, and it will, underneath, it will actually start to just write down what you're saying. So again, we're just promoting that inclusivity agenda and making sure that anyone who's part of a meeting can actually have a full experience. It is still really cool. You can translate that into different languages as well. So if you want, you can, you can be speaking in English, and it can translate it into French. Um, and it'll appear at the bottom of the screen in French. So again, just breaking down those borders when it comes to hosting, like you know, international meetings. It's it's incredible. I think, yeah. Well, they see it would translate that straight. Away. I just said very good, um, but Google translated. I mean, my Microsoft translated <laughs> for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's awesome tech that's really starting to I think you know have some great uses, and it's not just tech for the sake of, of fun tech. That's really cool. Um, we've been using it as well when we've been recording handover sessions with MSPs when we're going through some stuff and we're like, hey, you know, let's record this meeting. But also we've got the transcription running along down the side as well. So that way they can just search through what was said and when was it said and just click to that part of the video. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Cool. Now, I've got a question for you, Scott. I had my MSP out here today, John, who might actually be watching this thing live, but he was out here today and re- he reformatted my old Surface book. Because one of the reasons is I wanted to play around with the new version of Microsoft Teams that's inbuilt in Windows 11, which supposedly gets rid of that whole Electron junk framework that makes things really slow. But uh, when yes. I went and set it all up and connected to it, it's a personal version of Teams that won't connect to the corporate environment. Is that me just being yeah. dumb? Or is it nope. that, um, well, right, so there you go. Yeah. Like whole reason <laughs> yeah. yeah, real easy answer. I had the same thing. I, I was like, Windows 11, look, that's Teams, right? The screen, let's do this. And I'm logging in. It's like, yeah, in some of your private account. I'm like, no, no, I'll yeah. the corporate accounts. Oh, I don't recognize the corporate account. I'm like, you need a private account. Yeah. Really, my I, I logged into my private account and went, oh, I've got zero contacts and zero teams and I don't have any friends <laughs> privately. So who do I talk to with this? <laughs> but any, I'm guessing they're going to be bringing the team's uh, traditional client across to, to that new framework, yeah, which looks much nicer and faster and snappier, um, but they just had only set up personal at the moment. Yeah, no, you're right. And and if you think like there's so much like security and compliance and, you know, shared membership mm-hmm. that we've got inside that big fat bulky client um, but in the electron version it's so light and fast but you can sell it. it's it's easier to just get it set up for like home use yeah they don't have to yeah. worry about all those different permissions and compliance controls that we have uh phil right. forster says what was the team's feature you talked about that auto translates so we've got transcription but then when you're presenting in teams you can choose to have different languages that might still be in beta if i'm honest phil i'm not sure if that's gone general availability general availability this week was the auto transcription in the the language that you're speaking well scott i've actually seen this out in the wild so when we were at comptia uh, the emea conference a couple of weeks ago alex whittles from purple frog uh, um, uh, an msp based out in the midlands who does some really cool stuff he was giving his presentation and having it translated into different languages on screen at the same time yeah. now obviously emea conference of most of us in the uh, audience were english speakers but it is a very cool feature and it was doing it to a really high degree of um accuracy and really really fast as well so this is a feature that just just works right now it does and it's it's been in powerpoint for about a year now and so if you're presenting in powerpoint you can absolutely do that live and so that's why i say if you want to do that in teams you just present your powerpoint presentation and let it do the translation for you 
But what's coming in, what's been launched in Teams this week is everything getting the the uh, auto transcription as you speak, just naturally in Teams. To see that in PowerPoint, and I, I do wonder if you brought up Purple Frog because I feel like they're the guys that beat us in our category award, Richard. So I feel like yeah, this is yeah, I, did, I didn't want to mention bad that. But... <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> hey, to, change, to change the mood a little bit here so we we had the, the, uh, the debate a little bit earlier or the conversation about like uh, a pure microsoft stack versus third-party tools it strikes me that even if you go down the pure microsoft stack as an msp there is a ton of opportunity here to uh, to generate revenue to generate conversations with your clients because there's so much stuff going on isn't there with the the 365 stack i mean we work in the industry and we have a hard job keeping up so our clients are going to are going to really struggle with this stuff so is there an opportunity for msps to be doing continuous sort of training with their clients over this sort of thing yeah absolutely i mean you know we we use like we only do 365 so we're in it like every day and they move the buttons all the bloody time <laughs> just to keep us on our toes right so for somebody who sees it every day we go that isn't where it was yesterday literally um but i think there's there's tons of opportunity for msps here to get involved with their clients and really just you know again keep owning that security conversation and keep pushing them along because there's so many times when you have that conversation with a client and they don't want to do backup because you know they think that office 365 is good enough and it's our job saying no we have to challenge you it isn't good enough you have to have a backup there isn't one in 365 and and the same when it comes down to choosing the right antivirus and the right you know malware protection for me like I say we're all in on 365 but i do accept that there are times where it's either you know not not the right choice or it's just not fast enough maybe it slows things down with certain implications and there are better choices out there i did a recent review like eset antivirus in terms of not slowing things down absolutely incredible it blows it blows most of the other things out of the water I'm still going to do Microsoft, though, because I've only got one hat. Um, but, you know, it's horses for courses. And I think the, the MSP opportunity there is for them to go and have that conversation and just keep pushing the security agenda. The SMEs are, are so much at risk, um, and it just continues to evolve every day. It's not getting any easier. It's not like we can just sit down and go, hey, you know, we've nailed security. It's a constant conversation. I think one of the challenges you have is um, when things have have changed. Just when she's caught up, everything has changed. Sorry, Pete, go ahead. I I was agreeing with Sandy here. It's like nothing (laughs) stays the same, doesn't it? Moving all the time. Exactly. I was just going to add to that, really. One of the challenges certainly we had and and lots of MSPs have is that half the challenge is just staying up to date with it yourself as an MSP, (laughs) of knowing which button has moved where, which features they've added and changed and the security features. And then it's trying to then kind of personally contact your clients and tell them about these new features and know which features are going to be good for them. I, know, I remember when, um, like, you know, Microsoft bookings became a thing. No real, like, song and dance about it. It just became a bit a button that they added in at some point, and maybe there was an email that came through at one point. But you had to kind of go and find it. And then when you actually finally got that time to sit down with the clients in their QBRs or TBRs and then know that, oh, hey, there's a, this bookings feature that you could be using as well. And I think the, the best way I think all you can really try and do is Try yourself as the MSP to stay on top of it and then just broadcast the information out to your clients. You know, whether you're doing it through podcasts, through videos, through blog posts, through direct emails, just get that message out so that they can then make the decision whether it's good for them. And then when you do, of course, have those kind of personalized catch ups, you can then make a kind of another point of, hey, did you, you know, did you see that information? Hey, that that would be a really good feature for you. Because half the features are really bloody useful, but no one knows they're there. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so yeah. It's just trying to stay on top of it constantly. 
And don't forget that price rise is coming, right? So that, that 15 to 20% price hike is coming in March. And so MSPs are going to have to be helping the customer defend that spend, that price increases there. Now, I genuinely think there's tremendous value inside those 365 you know, business stacks. Mm-hmm. But again, it's an opportunity for MSPs to own the conversation with their clients and discuss what products you're using, what tools are you using? Can we help consolidate anything? Is there anything we can do with the stack to make this you know, more palatable? And dare I talk about the new commerce experience for Microsoft CSPs? Mm-hmm. Because again, that's another 20% price increase on top of the 20% price increase if the customer's not prepared to commit to a one-year minimum term for those licenses. Now, that's been pushed back till March. So it was due to go live you know, for early, early partners kind of October time. It's been pushed back, hopefully because of the sentiment of, of what we've all been talking about as MSPs and just saying, we really don't want this. We'd really rather stick to monthly flex. Please, please don't do this. Please don't make us, you know, force one year minimum commitments. And I've heard the opposite, you know, argument. I was chatting to Phil Morgan at PAX 8 and, and he's had the opposite where he said, look, MSP, some MSPs might really like this because it's an opportunity to tie their customers into longer contracts. And if they're thinking of an exit strategy for their business, hey, it's really good. He can say, he can now say literally, hey, Microsoft are forcing this on us. It's it's not me. So we're going to have to get you into at least a one year contract. So, you know, there's there's. It, depending on where you are in your MSP journey, it's, it's, it could be positive, it could be a negative. But either way, it's a chance to go and have that conversation about the value of 365, how your customers are using it, and then how they can make the most out, especially when this price hike comes in. Is there anything else you can stop paying for, any third-party tools? Can we do some consolidation with you? Here, here. There you go. There's Scott's <laughs> epic rant of the night. And I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Let's finish up with the news and bump over to mental health and the challenge of the, the deep dive topic of the night. And, um, and it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure you gents as well are the exact same is that we've all gone through our fair share of challenges and, and it was mental health appreciation day or whatever it was two weeks ago or something like that. And I, I shared an, an old keynote that I did up online and had so many private comments from people messaging me saying that, thank you for, for just, shining a spotlight on this stuff because I resonated with every single thing that you said in there. Now, Richard, I know I'm going to throw the spotlight on you because you've got a wealth of, of resources and wisdom and you've, you've spoken a lot about mental health in the MSP space and the importance of, of keeping an eye on it. And you've shared a lot about your personal journey as well. What's, what's your first bit of the, how should we start this conversation and open it up? Where should we go? What's- yeah. So I think the very first thing to say is you're not alone. For anybody watching this, anybody, all of us on the call today, anybody out there, you are not alone in doing this. And for many, many, I've been really sort of open in the past few uh, months and years about my own challenges with clinical depression and uh, uh, mental health. But over the years, Nige, you know, you and I have known us for a little, uh, each other for a little while now. I've left bread so going back a few years ago it wasn't cool to talk about this stuff nobody wanted to be that guy taboo (laughs) guy was like it was a taboo subject i left breadcrumbs uh, is the best way to say in all of my online content in podcasts in videos even in books and things and when i was presenting on stage so i didn't out and out come out and say hey i'm the guy with clinical depression anybody (laughs) else out there but i left breadcrumbs and over the years people have got in touch got in touch got in touch and said overwhelmingly thank you thank you for talking uh, you know about this so it was about sort of two years ago um that i came out for want of a better word and said <laughs> yeah i struggle with mental health challenges i struggle with it every day and just been really open about it and i can tell you the it industry msp business owners especially 
This is a challenge. There are lots and lots and lots of us out there in this situation. So just this morning, I was uh, chatting to a friend of mine who works in Silicon Valley, um, works in startup, and he was talking about burnout. He was saying, we've just kept going through the pandemic and going and going and going. And then for some of us, the pandemic has sort of come to an end and then normal life has started. Oh, and everything's sped up again. So, you know, you've got all the stresses, all of the challenges are going through the pandemic. And then the rest of the world certainly, you know, gets off their Zoom pub calls and gets off their like uh, playing games and taking it easy and suddenly goes into, right, let's get on with work. And all the time we as MSP owners have been fighting, fighting, fighting all the way through that. And then when we need a rest, the rest of the world sort of wakes up, if that makes sense. <laughs> so number one lesson here is you are definitely not alone. And I've, I've tried my best to pull together as many mental health resources for MSPs as we possibly can, pull them into one place. Happy to talk about as many of those as, uh, as we need to. I think the, it, there's a URL listed here, tub.co slash mental health. Yeah, let me put that into the chat, Pete. See if you can bring that Maybe. up. You're anyone who knows the slash mental health. There you go. We're learning all this new technology as we go. Yeah, so we've pulled together all of these, um, all of these different resources. Uh, you know, I've wrote books about this and all sorts of stuff, but we've got videos, we've got uh, yeah. mental health blogs, we've got uh, podcasts that are business owner focused, we've got mental health tools and apps. So if you're watching this and you're a geek and you don't want to talk to a human about it, the good news is there are actually tools out there. There are AI-based tools that you can have conversations with. I know that sounds a little bit freaky, but you know, genuinely, anything that you do to start the conversation, whether it be with a robot, with a human being, or anything in between, is going to help this situation. The worst thing that you can do, I think, is to keep it all in here and to try yeah. and work it out yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I made that mistake for years at a time, absolute years at a time, because I had no, like, it's mental health to me, it was one of these things that kind of just crept up on you. I had no idea it was happening. It's a slow kind of thing. It doesn't, one day you don't wake up with it. You kind of slowly, over a period of six, 12 months of stressful times and craziness, you then get to this point where you go, holy crap, like, the world sucks, and that's not good. And, and I, I shared in my the keynote that I was talking about before, I remember a particular time in my life where I used to be every single night, I'd be driving home from wherever I was and I'd be looking at all the headlights of cars coming in the other direction towards me. And I'd be, I'd be secretly kind of praying to whatever it is that the cars would come across my side of the road and plow into my car and send me to hospital just because the thought of being lying in a hospital bed with drips out of my arm and, and all sorts of machines hooked up to me was a far better reality for me than going back to my MSP or to my work the next day. And and I didn't realize that that was about, like, because I was so in, knee deep in the thick of it and I'd never spoken to anybody about it or anything, that became normal for me and it became very normal for me. And then then at one stage I, I lost a friend, a very good, like a brother from another mother to mental health challenges. And it kind of gave me that wake-up call of, hang on, Nigel, are you – going down this same rabbit hole here. Like I don't, I'm not having those thoughts right now. I'm happy for someone else to, to crash into me and take me out, but I'm not having the thoughts of doing something myself yet. I was kind of a bit too cowardice for that, but those thoughts were in my head and I'm, I'm starting to get worried that I'm going down this bad track. And I was just getting sick of waking up every day, hating the world and just um, wanting to leave and just go to a deserted Island because I didn't think the world needed me on it anymore. And, um, and it was horrible. And, and it took me some time to go through that, that phase of, ah, oh, we just lost Richard. And that phase of going and seeking help. And I <laughs> I first went to my GP and I just said, like, something's wrong. I just, like, the whole world has just been in this horrible hell for 
for whatever. And I feel it not only mentally, but I feel it physically. I was playing out physically in me. I had this like this feeling in my whole body every single day that I just couldn't explain. And I was trying to explain it to the GP. And after whatever period of time of going through it, they did same as Richard diagnosed me with depression and gave me the pills and, and whatever. And that, that started that journey of pulling myself back out of it and having a shot lights, a spotlight shine on it and whatnot. And so it's, to me, one of the biggest things is it's silent and slow. And that's the, the scary part about it. It can kind of creep up on you and, and you don't realize it. And you get to this point where you're not who you used to be. And I'm a big firm believer that all of us should be living a wildly amazing, happy life and grow. Like, sure, we're going to have our challenges and, and whatnot, but our challenges are the things that should define us, not not make, not define, like we're not, the challenges shouldn't be the thing that, that keeps us clamped on and, and like we have it as a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, um, like a, a thing dragging us down. There should be the things that are helping us rise up in there. Uh, Scott, you've, you've shared a few things um, about your, you've had certain challenges that you've gone through yourself. Have you got anything that you want to add to the conversation about where you've been, what you've seen, where you've Yeah, been? no, I mean, I think, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of these people that I, I'm genuinely, you'll, you'll meet me and I'm just happy and cheery and go lucky. And, and some days you just feel like that's just a facade that you're putting on mm. because when you're, when you're running your own business, it's, it's like, it's your business, right? And so you, you need to keep inspiring and motivating and, you know, getting everybody to just have their best day and do their best work and all that kind of stuff. And like, I remember vividly, like, uh, I want to say it's like 18 months, maybe two years ago now, like we, we were doing loads of great work and we had lots of great clients, but like they just weren't paying on time. And we got to like the end of the month and we didn't have enough money for payroll. Like this, we're only a two-year-old business, right? So you know, you know what it's like when you do the big work for the big companies and they take 30, 60, 90, this guy mm. like over 90 days to pay for a big invoice. And I'm like, we don't have any money in the bank for payroll. And, and like, I've taken people on, I've taken them to take this risk. It's okay for me because, hey, I'm lucky. I don't have a mortgage, but I've taken on people who have mortgages and families and responsibilities. And now I don't have enough money to pay them. And then I'm sat in that situation where I'm like, I can't tell them. I can't, I can't tell them this. I need, I need to go in and, and front to me. Hey, you know, let's, let's keep going guys. Great work. And let's, let's have a, an awesome day. And I'm like, I, I can't do that either because that's so not me. It's just, it's not, you know, it's not me. If you, if you've heard me and what I've done, the, the, the tech tribe, you know, I, I am candid and I try and be an open book as much as possible. And so I had to come in and go, guys, this, this is where we are. And it was just having the, the the boldness to have that step and be really honest with people and just say, this is where we are. This this could be a challenge. And like one of the guys stepped up and immediately said, hey, don't pay me this month. I don't need it. Another one was like, hey, you know, let me get in touch with one of the people that we've done some work for. Let's go and see if we can get them to pay early. And actually by having that combined solution, the stress levels that I was at like the day before versus just sharing that with the team and being open and honest. Now, I look at me and I think that was a lucky example, but I know because I've met so many business owners and so many business leaders that that is not a, a mindset that people can have. They have the mindset and it's it's impressioned upon us, right? That you must be the leader. You must have all the answers. You must have the direction. You must not fail. And I see the pressure that people put themselves under and it is horrendous. And I've had those conversations. And the best thing I can say is, like we all need a network. We all need someone 
that when the shit hits the fan, even if it's not someone in our own business that we can go and talk to, right? When I see, I can see Guy Pyle on the the chat and like Guy and I have only met randomly because I had an Xbox Series X for sale on LinkedIn and he was like, hey, I need an Xbox Series X, okay? But what a relationship we've managed to form out of that. You know, he is running an MSP. He's got so many different stresses and challenges, but like, the honesty of the conversations that we have is amazing. And just from an early conversation point for him to say, Hey, everyone needs someone to talk to. So if you ever need to just have someone to just have that conversation with, call me. And it's just knowing that you've got some of those people in your, in your network, everybody needs someone that they can do that. And there is, there is no shame to this. There's no embarrassment to this. We can't all get it right. We can't all be perfect. And you can't put that pressure on yourself. And I know I know, I do. I know I still do. And I have to constantly have that conversation with myself to say, like, I firmly believe I'm not the best person in my business. I, I hire smart people and they do the amazing stuff, right? My job is to just kind of facilitate all of that. But still the pressure seems to land on me in my own head. And I know it's not them. They're not, I'm, I'm doing this because they're like through the other side of that wall. They can hear me. Um, <laughs> But it's not it's not them that's adding that pressure. It's me that's adding that pressure and, and placing those own societal expectations on top of myself, right? And I know when I see the other MSP owners, they're in that same boat. And, and you can just sometimes just get past the facade when we get to those comp tier events. How's business? Ah, oh, it's amazing. Oh, I've got a million orders coming through and, you know, <laughs> customers coming out of the wazoo and I, I've got so much to do. Really? How is it? Yeah, it's that whole thing about just, just break down the barriers, take down the facade, and let's just have a real conversation about yep. how is it? How are you going? I know when Pete, you and I met up with Adam Fors, and, and he was just sharing really openly about some of the things that he was finding challenging. And I'm not going to dig into those because that's, that's between us. But it's, again, just having that network of knowing you've got trusted people you can talk to. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do. If you find yourself just spiraling down and not seeing any way out, you need to find a network. Just like the tech tribe is great. The tech driver accountability groups, awesome resource for people. But there's someone that you can talk to. As Richard said, you're not in this alone. And I will shut up. Otherwise, I'll just ramble on all day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you, you mentioned a really important point there, Scott, and that's vulnerability. The yeah. you know, Just having the the ability to be vulnerable in front of another fellow human is hard, especially for some of us blokes. I'm going to call us blokes out here and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make this gender specific too much, but us blokes, sometimes we, we seem to think that we've got to keep the weight of the world on our shoulders. And we just don't like going and sharing that we are struggling in a, in a particular point. That vulnerability to me is huge in any respect. Pete, I've seen you nodding along. Like you've, you've been in the same situations as us and you and I haven't actually talked too much about our journeys between each other, but I'm interested Have you, I, I'm, I think I had heard you mention that you'd been through some challenging times in your MSP and some ups and lows. Have you got some story in there that you want to share with us about? Oh, so, um, so, so many. Craziness <laughs> I, I think certainly for me, very early in the days when we first started the MSP, we were very, very small and um, we had our first kind of first issue and we were, you know, stressing about what to do. And I, I was certainly kind of taking it on my own, own kind of head. And I didn't have anyone to talk to. Obviously, I had my wife to talk to, but she couldn't really help. She didn't really understand kind of what was going on and the stresses and things. So I just went out with a bunch of friends. I think we went to the pub and I just kind of unloaded and said, well, this is what's happening. What do I do? What, do I, what, what is all going wrong? And my friends were genuinely shocked at that time. I think one of them turned around and said, shit, I never actually realized 
you literally have nowhere to go to. Like you're the business owner. There's no one, mm. there's no boss yeah. you can go to. There's no manager you can go and have those conversations with and say, what do I do? Because it's you. It's And like Scott was saying, it's, it's very much on your head as the owner to know the control and direction and, and everything you're allowed to do. Um, so that, that was firstly a bit of a wake-up call. And, and then very much so as the business owner, you are so focused on looking after your own staff, your own the mental health of your own staff, but you mm. always forget to look after your own. And it was there was another incident where, oh, not incident, but that sounds really horrible, but there's like one moment, I think, where we're having quite a stressful time and, you know, making sure everything, everything's all right. One of my guys in the meeting room is like, Pete, are you okay? And I was actually genuinely stunned at that point. I was like, that's the first time anybody has actually turned around and said, am I okay as the owner of you know, the, the, the main person of the company or what have you? I, I didn't really know how to respond. I was like, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's all right. You know, um, exactly like Scott said. But um, but it just makes you realize that, oh, shit, what's going on? <laughs> what, what am I doing here? And and just the stress is constantly there. And actually, it, it links me on. There's this, um, I can't find the exact post, but there's a post on Reddit. I saw, I think it was like two years ago or so. It was basically about how do you as a business owner deal with stress, um, as, a, as an IT MSP business owner deal with stress. And the comments on there that were just drugs, cocaine. <laughs> like it, Honestly, it was just a list yeah, of, of everyone agreeing and saying, yep, I do some hard A-class drugs after a, yep. after a good old day. And I just sat there reading it, just going, oh, my God, it's, it's really bad. It's yeah. really so bad. I have ended up on an ER table via ambulance twice via overdosing on class A drugs whilst I was in my MSP. I, know, I haven't shared that very much anywhere out there, but that happened to me just because of the the crate. Like I, I was literally just wanting to escape reality every freaking week. Simple as that. Like I, you'd get to Friday night and you just go, what the heck can I put in me to just go into a different world, into a different reality? And I pushed it yeah. too far twice and ended up going in via ambulance to ER room where they were pumping all sorts of stuff through me to, to bring me back down to, to reality. And, and I fully get it. When people say that they're using drugs or whatever to, to go and – escape that reality it is so I, I i get it to a deep level i have been there and it's horrible but and my encouragement to them is there is a way to get out the other side like i, I nowadays i'm high on life every single day i wake up sometimes i'm a little bit tired in the mornings but i wake up as happy as larry and i have for years and years and years now but it was a journey to get there and my journey started on the hospital bed ODing and and in with in jail cells after doing stupid stuff out at nights just because we were we were just silly and crazy. And to my encouragement to anybody watching it that might be thinking, oh, crap, I'm in similar journeys is you can change your, your position. Reach out and ask for help and go on. And as Scott and Richard both said, get some peers around you, some network around you. That, that to me, I, I, did, I felt the exact same. When you're a business owner, that saying it's lonely at the top couldn't be any more truer. As, and I never knew what it meant until you get to the top of running your own business. And then, you, as you said, Pete, you've got all these challenging things that come along and you're the one that's out the top trying to help everybody else through it, but no one's helping you through it in there. And that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons, like, Richard, you're, you've headed up the new in-person tribal gatherings in all over the UK at the moment, and we've got a bunch of them up and running. And on the surface, that might just look like a bunch of people getting together to talk about tech tools and stuff like that. But underneath, the very real reasons we want to keep this is we want, to, we want the, those real friendships to be created around MSP owners and have them to all to have this, this regular space of peers and friends that they can call on that not only do they discuss all this other stuff up the top, but when they do need other help that might be around mental health challenges or, or business challenges or whatever, they've got a support system around them. And 
we see it as such an important thing. I think, Richard, you've been getting even more momentum with them at the moment. Have you got, do you want to share a quick couple of bits of updates of, yeah, of that yeah, in-person kind of? You know, the local groups, you could feel it. So we talked about uh, this before, but here in the UK and the Tech Tribe, we are piloting local community groups getting together. You don't have to be a Tech Triber. You can be an MSP, an IT consultant, a one-man band, big business, small business. You can be a vendor. Let's not pretend that vendors don't have these stresses as well. Getting together. So on the surface of it, it looks as though you're getting together to talk about, let's talk about best practice. Let's talk about how to make more money. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. the latest tools. What actually happens is when we get together, of course, we talk about those good stuff. But people just enjoy being in a room with other people who are sharing the the same challenges as them. That is a huge, huge part of it, knowing that you are not alone and other people are experiencing the same challenges. I want to make what I think is a really important point here as well. And I don't think this is, although the IT industry is a male-dominated industry and blokes are really, really bad for this, I don't think this is just blokes. I think this is business owners that do this as, as a whole. What I would say is, if you had broken your leg, you wouldn't go out and run a marathon. Or if you did, you would be... People would step in. David Goggins is probably the only person that would do that. (laughs) Yet, if we have got stuff going on up here where we just feel as though we, you know, something's broken, something's not right, we can't carry on as it is, why do we persist in going, it'll be fine, we'll just press through this? And I think this is a business owner thing. This is something the business owners do. They just think, if I just work harder at this, Mm. it will go away. Having dealt with clinical depression, having dealt with mental health issues all of my life since since a young man, let me tell you, this is something you cannot power through. Mm. You have got to reach out for help. You have got to change things. You've got to make sure that you're looking after your nutrition, your body, your mind, and surrounding yourself with the right people. So I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, I just wanted – this is not something we're going to power through. This is not a problem that you are going to beat over the head and defeat. This is a problem that you need to work with other people where you have to look after yourself. You have to prioritize your mental health. So I will get off my soapbox there. But I think the the tribal, the local groups, any type of peer group whatsoever is a really, really important first step to take to to sort of looking after yourself. Yeah, I think once I, I think in my journey, when, sorry, what were you going to say, Scott? No, I was going to say, I think it's, it's uh, I was just going to jump on to say, I think, Richard, you just talked about like diet and exercise. I think, you know, just, it seems like such a hippie word, but like mindfulness is, is really important as well. Like uh, my day runs from, from 6am when the kids wake up to ah right through to school drop off. And then it's like, be a business owner. And then it's the kids are back again before bedtime. And then it's, it's like eight thirty nine o'clock before I get to sit down and decompress. So what I've taken the point of doing, and this isn't for everybody, I totally understand. But what I do is I get up at five and between five and 6 a.m. I'm not somebody's boss. I'm not somebody's dad. I'm not somebody's husband. It's my time. And it's just my time to just I might listen to a podcast. I might read or I might I might have an audio book, but read. But I'll just take some time to learn something that is not about my job it's just about taking that time and taking that space. And between five and six is, is my space. At six to seven, I do some exercise three times a week with a, you know, with a trainer. And it's just about taking that effort to, to make space for yourself. Because otherwise what happens is you 
go to bed burnt out and stressed and you wake up burnt out and stressed and then you run through if you've got kids it's the kids and the drop-off and then you rush into the office and then it's stress in the office and then you come home and it's family stress and then it's bedtime because you've stayed up late catching up on all the things that you didn't do yet and you have not made space you haven't given yourself any margins and we all need margin like imagine you go and surf right that is your hack right you get out there and you just this is this is about me this is my space this is what I love. We all need that. We all need something that we and, and we can all say, I haven't got time to exercise. I haven't got time to find some mindfulness. But you've got plenty of time to just go and binge the latest season of Squid Game or whatever. Mm. We can all make the space if it's important to yeah. us. And I genuinely think from a mental health perspective, giving yourself some margins is a massive thing that you can do. It's a huge gift that you can give. And it's free. Oh, my God. How cheesy was that? But genuinely. <laughs> find yourself some space. I think there are probably to, to add to that as well there are probably three things like almost like three quick steps to try and avoid <laughs> mental <laughs> breakdowns so certainly for me one for one one was just do something that makes it physically impossible for you to think about work so for me yeah. that was like playing ice hockey so I used to go and play ice hockey at like 10 p.m at night through to midnight and when you've got like 20 or 30 odd guys shouting and screaming at you on the ice, <laughs> you're trying not to fall over. Just, you, you cannot physically think about work. You can't get to your phone. You can't see any emails. Um, so if there's something like that, like sport or whatever it is that just makes it impossible for you to have the mental capacity to deal with both, then that's a really good kind of distraction. At least it takes you out for a couple of hours. And certainly I remember when in like the moments of stress, say like when you're on site you're trying to do a um you know maybe there's a you're trying to do a dr recovery because your customer's down you it's four o'clock in the morning and you're stressed because you're trying to get them up and, and, and running again the thing that got me through was okay well it's gonna be nine o'clock soon and by nine o'clock i'm definitely gonna be in bed or it's gonna be over or tomorrow morning yeah. i'll be at work and it's just gonna be a normal day by then so it's just seeing into the future and going okay yeah, yeah. it's it's shit now and it's stressful now but in a few hours' time, it'll all be over. Uh, I know that probably sounds quite a bad way of dealing with it, but that that certainly got me through. Work for me as well. I had the exact evenings. same. You just you just future pace yourself a little bit and realize that, that even exactly. though you're at hell, you're right at hell at the moment, and it feels like as one of our tech tribes the other day said, I he was in that exact spot. It was four a.m. in the morning. He was calling out for help inside the tech tribe. He had a bunch of people helping him out, which was amazing to see. But he said, right now, I would honestly sell my left kidney to get out of this situation, and and that's what it's like when you when you knee deep in the bottom of it. And he got out the other side because time, we can't stop time. We do get out the other side. And if you can just future pace and realize that it's, it's painful, this next couple of hours is going to be horrendous, but just whatever you can do to just get a little impling, like a little glimpse of that future is, can be so powerful to, to something to just grab onto and just go, all right, I can just kind of see that I've got to have a break soon. The client's going to do this, whatever's going to happen. We are going to solve it. It's not going to be running on for weeks that we don't solve this thing. And just grab that little lifeline and pull towards it, knowing that you are going to get yourself out of it. Because I'm sure all four of us on this call have had those those 36, 48-hour sessions, marathon sessions, where cortisol is through the roof, our body is pumping the entire time. And you you can end up coming away from those sessions with, with low-level, it's like PTSD-type symptoms you come out of them with, because you have pumped your body so full of stress hormones. And you you get to things like adrenal fatigue after periods of time if, when you've been doing it for long. And your body has these crazy crazy reactions to it that then turn out into mental as well and we've all been there it sucks it's horrible but every time you go through it if you can figure out what's a little tiny thing that you can add into your mix there to, to help get yourself through and scott you mentioned very briefly mindfulness 
And and I, you hear Richard myself talk about this a lot as well. I have yeah. meditated every single day for the last, I think I'm up to maybe 1,600 days in a row now without having a break. And for me, that's a very important part of my mental health um, maintenance, I will call it, because it gives me that that time every day where I can just tune out of everything and I and I work with my brain to just help control my brain in here. There you go. Pete's got a, an awesome app. And I actually started with Headspace back in the day. That was one of the first things that got me started that's on uh, Richard's blog there. And, and to me, that's one of my my keys that helps me. It's kind of my maintenance part of looking after myself. One of the other ones is my exercise, getting out. And one of the things I committed to a few years ago was a minimum of three big exercises each week where I sweat. I get out there and I sweat and I, I get those endorphins every single week. And sometimes it's more if the surf's up, it's a lot more. But if there's no surf, I still will get out and get those three minimum bits of exercise each week. And that's had a major impact on me as well. Uh, Richard, I know you've got another couple of tactics that you use as well. Yeah, just like the maintenance of our. Like once we get to a good spot, it's maintaining it. And I want to throw a couple before we do that. I want to throw a couple of uh, circuit breaker breakers out there, and they're both tech based. So if you've not got a beach that you can go to and jump into the surf, or if you haven't <laughs> got like an ice hockey uh, rink that you can go to and play it or whatever, and these are all like really important things. But I'm talking about if you're watching this and you were where. I, where I still get sometimes, or you were where I was when I was an MSP business owner, and you're like, crap, I'm up to here. I haven't got the capacity to go out and to do something good for myself. Mm. I need something right now. Now, most of us, we've talked about, you know, in the MSP industry, reach for drugs or booze or worse. Yeah, I'm talking about something that's a circuit breaker here to make yourself feel better. So two things I want to throw out there. The first one was the Headspace app. Uh, so, you know, whether you think meditation is woo-woo or not or anything <laughs> in between, I can tell you I've interviewed almost 100 of the highest performing people in our industry for my podcast. And virtually without exception, virtually without exception, everybody does meditation. So if you think it's woo-woo, then think again, because there is a lot of people making a lot of money and leading their best lives who meditate. So there's got to be something there. And I should say, I'm a massive skeptic as well, or I was Same. before I started Same. years ago. And like Nigel, I have meditated every morning and night for years and years and years and years. So that's the first one, the Medspa uh, Headspace app. If, however, uh, meditation feels a little bit too woo-woo for you, there's another app I want to mention, and it's called Dare, D-A-R-E. And it's, a, it's an app out of Ireland, and it's all about breaking free from anxiety. If you are in the situation where you're like, I cannot take any more, I'm going to reach for the booze or the drugs or something worse, because you've, you're just up to there with the stress and the anxiety. When I get to that stage, I put the Dare app on. And there's an Irish fella comes on with the most beautiful voice. <laughs> and he tells you everything is going to be okay. You have survived this before and to get through it. And this has been an incredible app. It is totally free. There's a premium version, of course. But if you are feeling at all stressed, uh, go and get the Dare app. Play it. Just sit there. Listen to it for five minutes. And it is like a circuit breaker for the craziness that's going on in your head. It really is very, very cool. So two apps there, Headspace and the Dare app. But go and check them out. They are really, really good for a lot of the things that we've talked about. You, you also touched on briefly there, Richard, Alcohol is one of the things, and and yeah. I used to be heavy into my alcohol. I used to love my alcohol, and um, not only did I get down the route of, of 
stuff a little bit stronger than alcohol, but I had a, a daily drinking habit in there. And, um, and it got to the point in my MSP eventually where I was drinking every night and I was, um, I was having a couple of wines. It started off with a couple of glasses of wine. Um, and then as things got more stressful, it turned to nearly a bottle of wine a night. And then we, the second bottle started coming out some nights. And then, and then because I'm always looking for efficiencies, I, I went and found scotch because I was able to drink less, but get drunk faster and get rid of the, get the buzz faster. And then eventually one day I put a bottle of scotch on my desk at the office and, um, and I didn't even think anything of it. I had no, like, I was just, it was just part of what I was doing. Like I could escape some of the buzz while I'm, I'm at work now and, dealing with tough tickets, I can have a couple of little sips and I'll have a little bit of a buzz and that will help me get through the days. And and what I found is is I got into this funk of waking up every morning with this um, like this brain fog from hell. It was just this this layer of cloud that was just over my life. And and I it took me a while to break that alcohol habit every day. It was hard. Like I used to smoke when I was a teenager because it was the cool thing to do when you're a teenager. And I was able to give up that after a few years, but giving up alcohol was hard for me, like really hard for me. And um, and eventually I, I I got it down to like one drink a, a day and then I, I stopped it. And I nowadays I might have three drinks a year or something like that. But to me, that was one of my other big things that was a trigger for me out there. And that and I could tell that if I go out and um, and I drink now and I have even three or four drinks, I can feel the mental health difference with for the next week afterwards. I can feel it physically for a couple of days afterwards and for at least a week afterwards, I can feel that that different cloud that's popping up in there. And it's a cumulative effect. For, for me, at least, I found it cumulative. The more I went out and drank, the more that cloud started hanging over and that more that cloud started getting darker and grayer and whatnot. So uh, there's all these, for each of us, it's different. We've all got our different triggers and our different things. And I, I tried bloody everything to go and escape these realities. Um, some of, some of it was a heck of a lot of fun on the way as well. I won't, I won't deny it, but, um, but you just got to figure out what it is. And, and sometimes it just makes making a tiny little change that on the first day or two or week or two or three, you actually won't see any difference. And that's hard because you're trying to find a difference and you're trying to find a change in something new and happy and you're making these changes, but you don't see anything. And, and so my last bit of encouragement on that point is stick at it because sometimes these changes take a couple of weeks for you to actually notice the differences in there. And, and when I, when I gave up alcohol, I knew that it wasn't good for me, uh, but I was still doing it. And when I gave it up, I didn't notice the difference immediately, but I gave it up and I persisted with it. And I finally got through weeks later, I went, hang on, this is kind of night and day. Now I'm a different human being after all this. And it just took that extra couple of steps. And sometimes it's like, we always want the quick fix to things. And I was looking for the quick fit, like the really quick fixes of things. But, um, but sometimes it was the slow fix that, that I had to just persist at to get to that got me to the better space. Yeah. So a bunch of nodding in there. Anyone got any other things they want to add into this one? I kind of, uh, please um, don't get me wrong when I'm on these things. Like I get excited talking about this stuff, um, but not in, like I'm not excited to, about the whole thing because mental health is a very serious issue and a very serious challenge. I get excited sharing the story because I hear so many people get, get um, good uh, what's the word? They kind of feel not alone anymore, like we were talking about. And um, and to me, the more we we people like us that have gone through it and have come out the other side can shine a spotlight on it and can say, "Hey, we're here on the other side. We put up our hand. We're we're in a good space at the moment." The more it's going to give other people inspiration out there as well. And that's that's why I also get excited about it. Is I just see the results of of other people that have have been through the the pits of hell like we have and like all of us go through from time to time, and they come out the other side like me and. And um and see the world with a different different lens. 
Yeah. I would say yeah. probably yeah. Well, think we had. Had. Well, but um, this isn't something we're not sat at the top of the mountain here and say, oh no, <laughs> hey, here's the route up or whatever. Because I still go through this. You know, clinical depression is the thing. It's not like, oh, this isn't a low mood that I'm just going to uh, sort of shift. There's all these techniques, all these different things that I can do to sort of keep this at bay. But it is there. You know, it, it's, it, it, you know, it's like having asthma or anything else. It's just there. And so for anybody watching this, this isn't something that you're going to cure. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, this is something that you have to be mindful of all the way through. And if you see those red flags uh, coming up, so for you, it might be alcohol or it might be, uh, you know, high stress levels. For me, for instance, um, it is uh, my sleep gets really poor and um, I turn to uh, really poor food and stuff like that. That's a really obvious red flag for me. I also find that I get critical of others or I get angry and stuff like that. And I'm really, you know, I'm really lucky. I've got a wife who is like the canary in the uh, in the coal mine. She will tap me on the shoulder and go, Richard, there's a red flag here, and sort of easing off at that point. But this isn't something that goes away. So for anybody watching this that's feeling like this is a problem to be solved, it, it isn't a problem. And it isn't to be solved. It's just something you need to adjust your life to in a healthy way on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Pete, you were going to say something then as well. Oh, yes. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing to do, I would say make use of the anonymous section in the Tech Tribe forum. If you if you want to post, mm. you don't, don't want to kind of give your name out or anything, post anonymously in the forum. Everyone can see the post, but no one knows who you are or, or anything along those lines. And then uh, everyone else can kind of come in with some uh, some help or advice or guidance. Yeah. And we've seen that have play out a number of times in the tribe where people have, have come in uh, either anonymously or they've they've just opened up their kimono and said, look, I'm in a crappy spot at the moment. And they've been brave enough to go and say it, which is tough. Like, I give them full credit to go and do it because it's tough to open up in a community like that. And they do it. And what I love is the outpouring of support from everybody in our industry to go and help them. We had a scenario just two weeks ago where it happened again. And, um, and we had tech drivers getting in contact with me saying I've got in contact with them. I've spoken to them. I've helped them a little bit. And, and I love it. Like there is support out there for people and please don't be afraid to go and ask for it. We're, we've set up so many ways to, to help as much as we can. There's so many support options out there. And as we mentioned before, it ain't taboo anymore. It used to be in the past that people would, would look at someone that's gone to see a psychologist and going, Oh, that person's broken. Like, that ain't on anymore and it's not about that anymore it's it's to, the tabooness is gone we all have our challenges going and seeing a psychologist or a therapist or, a, or anything like that any sort of ist is is often very helpful and it's and it's a, a good thing to do and they're there for you and to help you so don't ever feel like it's a it, you're broken none of us are broken we're all going through these challenges often for a reason because it, it helps us come out the other side a better human um scott i think i heard you where you had a we're about to say something quickly as well before we're going to wrap up in a few yeah, minutes because no, Richard's going to just real quick. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to to everyone on the comments for getting involved. Sam got an amazing way of starting yeah. hey, uh, where she just has a break and watches some Judge Judy before the kids get up. I was like, that's epic <laughs> because yeah, who doesn't like Brilliant. Judge Judy? <laughs> Phil Forster has been really candid in opening up in some of the comments as well. And Phil, I can see you, you're saying you've got a, a way out uh, from MSP life into another life. And that's awesome, man. That's really cool. You've, if you've said, hey, do you know what? This is it for me. And I've reached my limit. It's time to do something different. Amazing. That is absolutely the right choice for you. So you go for that. And I think awesome. I think that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. But no, I just, you know, I just want to put it out there. If like, I don't have all the answers. I don't think any of us on, mm -hmm. on this do. I also, just if it helps anyone at all, I have a bit of... Um, 
imposter syndrome when I sit on this call with with that legend down there, that one over that way, and this one here <laughs> as well. I'm like, you invited me to be part of this community. That is amazing. So I, I also understand that we get imposter syndrome from time to time, and, and that's one of those oh, 100%. Kind of jump on yeah. us. Um, but no, 100%. thanks to everyone for just being so candid and jumping in. And if there's anything I could do, reach out to me, catch me on LinkedIn or whatever. I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm always happy to chat. Um, or find me in the tech road. Find you in the tech tribe. There, we're always ears, and that's often what's just needed. It's yeah. just an ear, right? It's just uh, yeah. we, we're born with two of these and only one of these for a reason, as they say. And uh, we should be listening to people twice, twice as much as we're talking out there. And um, anyway, with that said, let's. What's the rest of our format for this thing? We've got to start wrapping up. It's five minutes past. We're aiming to have these episodes around an hour each each week. So that everybody knows the time frame. Sometimes when you jump on tribal gatherings with Richard and myself or Scott and myself, they tend to go, oh, sorry, Scott and Richard, they might go for a couple of hours because we love them. We're going to keep this show. Sorry. Two and a half hours, our last one. (laughs) We had Ernest Murray on this morning for an hour and a half and it was, we we just got through all the questions. So we went for a long time. But these things, we're going to keep it an hour. Um, again, I, I reiterate what Scott said. Thank you, everybody, in the comments. For some reason, I actually can't see the comments from here, so I'm going to try and see how I can find them later on. But we're going to keep this thing going, to keep the conversation going. Next week, we're going to pick another topic of the week all about the MSP world and something that's that's near and dear to a lot of MSPs' hearts and, and whatnot. But as always, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Richard. You are all gentlemen and scholars. I love having a conversation with you. I'm sure this show is going to be a heck of a lot of fun over the next uh, while as we, we experiment and see whether it's worth it. Um, but I think we're getting a lot of good feedback already. We've only just started promoting it. This was episode zero, so we're still not officially launched just yet. We might, maybe next week it'll be episode 0.5 or something just so that we're, no, I don't know if we're, <laughs> we're ready to get to episode one just yet, Scott, but I don't know. Has anybody got any parting things before we Click the end button in here. Ah, there you go. Pete does. He's got a reminder. because I... <laughs> I like, I, Pete is on the ball here continuously. I've got to say, he Pete is. is the one keeping us in line. Pete knows what's going on, the technology. I think, Nigel, if it wasn't for Pete and Scott, uh, you and I would be talking to absolutely nobody at the moment, wouldn't we? Because we wouldn't even More know. Because <laughs> I would have forgotten to press the go live button. <laughs> I would have got it right. No, this is Pete was really good this was really good and i think it's an important topic that we talked about as well so yeah we kicked this thing off episode zero with um one of the hottest one of the the most important topics i think in the the msp world and in the world at at large and so uh, i think it's a topic we're going to revisit often on this show as well it's a very that's one that we can go layers deep and sideways in and whatnot but if you have enjoyed this show and you've jumped on here wherever the heck the button is it's either there 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 go and click it that says subscribe the the Tech Tribe YouTube channel is where we're going to be pushing this from primarily. Pete's telling us exactly where it is <laughs> that way. Watch Pete for these things. Yeah, yeah watch him. Um, but if you go to thetechtribe.com forward slash YouTube, it will take you straight to the Tech Tribe channel on there. And uh, click the subscribe button. I think there's a bell you're supposed to click on as well. We'll be doing it at 7 p.m. Sydney time, which is 9 a.m. London time every Thursday, which is 4 a.m. I think um, New York time. So apologies for you folk over in the US and 1 a.m. might be 1 a.m. Maybe it's 1 a.m. Um, LA time or something like that, or vice versa. Uh, but the replays I did notice last week's one got watched a lot by people. So hopefully we'll get a few of you folk over in the US watching these things on replay. Looking forward to seeing you all on the next one. Thank you, gentlemen. Have an amazing week. And uh, I will see you all next week where we hopefully 
get to zero point version zero point five episode zero point five <laughs> one. We're all going to fight me version over version one, but I'm still I'm still scared about getting to version one because then we've got to be official, and when we're official, I've got to do a good job of, of hosting this thing. <laughs> You're already doing a good job. Great to see you all. Anyway, well. thank you guys. guys. See you later, guys. Bye for now.